When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to another episode of Showtime with Coop, insightful BS with my Laker legends and NBA friends. And tonight we have Reggie Theus. Uh, Reggie, one of the California guys, I like to say. We're going to get into that. But, but before we get into that, what are, are three things that help you make it to the NBA from a young guy? Wow. Uh, okay. Um you know, I started off as a baseball player. So I have a, I have a real belief that your skill level grows with your environment. In other words, we used to play wiffle ball. You know, what a wiffle ball is mm-hmm. uh, in the driveway. Uh, and I think that that also helps you with your hand, hand eye coordination. Uh, we used to play, uh, we used to have a game called great plays where we would, in my neighbor's yard, they had a hedge and we would run and jump over the hedge. They throw the football and the, or the baseball and we catch it diving over the top. And when we hit the ground rolling, you, the, the key was you got to yell, great play. <laughs> How many great plays did you have? <laughs> Listen, it was a great, it was a great play as long as you didn't hit the sprinkler on the other side. <laughs> <laughs> now, let me ask you this, Reggie, because it seemed like y'all had some money. Our wiffle ball, when we used to have it, that's that ball that was solid on one end that had all these lines on the other that met together. Yeah, no, what you talking about? I grew, I grew up on 118th in Maine, so I, I don't know. I, well, I grew up down. Ball, we would beat it until it was broken and it only hung on by one thing because you know how it had the. Yeah, yeah, thing. oh yeah, oh you yeah. Guys probably had a new one every other day, right? No, no, Mike, <laughs> no, no. Sorry, you got the wrong guy here. Listen, you grew up in Pasadena. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm not trying to hear that. <laughs> I've known you a long time, so I know better. And then, you know, you know, dribbling up and down the driveway. I thought, Mike, one of the things that helped me growing up is I was small. Like I was the smallest guy on my eighth grade basketball team. So that really helped me, uh, you know, develop my ball handling skills and dribbling up and down my driveway, you know, having the kids try to steal the ball from you when you don't have much room to, to get away from. All those are creating and developing your habits and, and your, your your sports in general. Reggie, when did you start growing? Uh, you went to Inglewood High School, and through those summers, uh, when did you realize that you were going to not play baseball but play basketball? Well, you know, I, like I said, I started off playing football and baseball. Baseball was my first love. I was the smallest guy on my eighth-grade um, basketball team. And I was 5'10 as a freshman in high school. And when I graduated, I was 6'5". Then I grew two inches in college. So, you know, I was pretty much a point guard most of my life until I, you know, obviously got to be six foot seven and was, they were able to play me at the other guard, but then I still had point guard skills. You know, Mike, you know how you, we, I was like one of those early, early before combo guard word was out there. I was a, uh, you know, one of those real combo guards. I must admit to that. And, and before I pass this up, cause we have some, some women listeners, Reg, you know what? <laughs> AT, uh, Reggie was, uh, six foot five, six, six, seven. 
and had a big, big afro and was a very <laughs> handsome guy, man. Very handsome guy. Green eyes. So it was almost amazing to play this Adonis. Yeah. Now I'm like everybody else with COVID <laughs> weight. <laughs> and I always tell people that the reason it was hard for me to guard Reggie when we were playing in the NBA, because when I would look in his eyes, I'd get lost in his eyes and shake <laughs> <laughs> well, me. So hey. Reggie. Playing Inglewood have a great year. How'd you find your way to UNLV? <laughs> well, first of all, I, there's no way you can say that and not, no I not follow it up with something, you know, even, even if it's a curse word. Um, <laughs> no, now obviously everybody who's come on here knows Coop was a great defender, uh, you know, physical and and everything else and he was also on a great basketball team so it was a double whammy for me because most of my teams sucked so <laughs> i'll never forget true story now you may not even remember this coop oh i do i know a story no 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 so we're playing and i'm going 100 miles an hour because you know it, it, it listen it, you do two things if you're not going to win the game you know you got to finish the game you better get yours if you're going to you got to keep the team close you got to play hard the whole time. And it was really tough for me. But <laughs> Coop said, he said, Reggie, would you slow down? <laughs> I said, Coop, what are you talking about? He said, you're down by 20. Slow down. <laughs> what was it like? you get 30 on me. <laughs> what was Inglewood like growing up in the 70s in Inglewood, California? Well, you know, see, I was one of the first um, – groups of kids who integrated. So we were, I was supposed to go to Morningside high school and, um, 1975, they basically integrated Inglewood and they, the cutoff line was Crenshaw and, um, like, uh, Van Ez or something like that. So everybody on that, this side of Crenshaw had to go to Inglewood high school. Everybody on the other side of Crenshaw went to Morningside. So I was bust over there. And it was, it was interesting because I, I grew up in a, uh, a mixed environment, different cultures. We had, I, I got, I learned what white flight was early. Uh, we had the racial issues early uh, and the school went through a transformation. Uh, and after my second year, you know, it was pretty harmonious. You know, we all got along, we had our beefs, but yet we worked it all out and, and it was pretty cool because uh, being exposed to a different culture that early, I thought really was enlightening for me. You know what, Reg, growing up in California, there have been so many of us and they always, when we were coming up, all we heard was back East basketball, Rucker league, this and that. <laughs> and I'm going to just get run down a couple of names, Reggie, and you can kind of like, uh, just you don't have to comment on them, but these are some of the people that grew up with us: uh, Raymond Lewis, Roy yeah. Hamilton, David Greenwood, uh, Freeman Williams, Marcus Johnson was from here. John yeah. Williams. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, uh, there's this guy. I don't know if you played against him, Mark Wolfmeyer. You remember him? Yeah, Wolf. The score, the shooter, yeah, deluxe score. Forty-eight. Yeah, yeah. High school. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Dwayne Poli, Lorenzo Romar, Byron Scott, just to name yeah, a few. And I'm yeah. sorry if I miss any others. Oh, there's a bunch. Up a, up a bunch. A lot of guys. Reggie, um, where would you rank yourself among all of those? And not trying to say you're first, second, or third, but do you yeah. feel that you played competitively with a lot of those players? Well, let me let me take it a little further. 1975, Coop was probably the the strongest year in LA history for, for that class 
was probably the best in LA history. Mm-hmm. Uh, we probably we had nine guys playing in the NBA. Yep. Uh, and that you know I'm a year a year or two behind Marcus, so I didn't put him in this group. But you had you had David Greenwood, Roy Hamilton. You had Kiki Vandaway, yep, yep. Gig Sims. You had Trouble, James Hardy. Remember James Hardy, <laughs> Long Beach Poly? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know him by his first name. You know him by his nickname, Trouble. Yeah, trouble, exactly, exactly. <laughs> you know, um, uh, James Wilkes. You know, uh, yep. you had you had Bill Lane Beer, uh, Cartwright, who was his. Uh, 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 Reggie, his name is not allowed to be mentioned on this show because I, I understand motherfuckers <laughs> yeah. with a passion. But go ahead, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then you you appreciate when he came to Inglewood, guys were shooting at their bus, so you could appreciate that. <laughs> uh, so I mean, but think about it. Think of all the guys that I named that had just you know stellar NBA careers, and and I, you know I'm, I'm not oh, Brad Hollins. Remember Brad Hollins? Yeah, Brad. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, there's that class was incredible uh, when it comes to you know playing in the NBA. So uh, if, if I was to rank myself, um, you know, when it comes to NBA careers, you know, I would put myself up there with Marcus yourself. Uh, there's probably two or three of three of us, three, about three or four of us that had real, you know, lengthy NBA careers where we actually not just a cup of coffee or, or you know, just was on the team. We were actually players. Um, so you being, Mr. You know, championship, Michael Cooper. Coop. I used to get sick of hearing that, by the way. Just, just Stop so that you, shit, ready. You know what? I would so trade know. my career for your beauty any day, man. Yeah, no, <laughs> for your no, handsomeness let, and anything, and them green eyes. Let, and look at you, you how, Reggie, how old are you now? I'm 63. 63. I'm 64. I, ha- I haven't had hair in the last three years. You still got a nice, <laughs> and mane and, yeah. and really nice and everything. <laughs> so Coop, Coop, you know, I would cut it all off for, for the championship rings you got. So that, that, let's not even keep it. Let's keep it real. Let's keep it 100. That don't mean nothing. It, so Reggie, not a thing. You, you have a, a great high school career. How did you find yourself at, uh, at Vegas with Coach Tarkanian? Well, uh, 1975, I was being recruited heavily by, you know, the Dons in San Francisco. I was re- re- pretty much everybody in the country. And UCLA was, was right there. And, but what happened is, um, in those days, there were, there were very little recruiting rules by the NC2A. So, uh, Tark and his assistant coach, uh, Lynn Archibald were at every single one of my games. Uh, the prop, the reason I didn't go to, UCLA was because Wooden had just retired mm-hmm. and not only did Wooden retire, but they had four other guards going to UCLA at the time. I know Roy Hamilton and David Greenwood, about five or six others, uh, you know, uh, I want to say Spinarco. Oh, do you remember Spinarco? Not Spinarco. Um, yeah. Jeff, Jeff Spinarco. Not, not Jeff, yeah. It was Him? another, it was another one. It was, okay. uh, it was a couple more. I can't think of the names right now, but those guys were going there too. So, uh, and, and, See, because we grew up going to UCLA and playing in the men's gym all the time, it, it, you know, it wasn't that big a deal for me. I was more interested in style of play. So, you know, obviously Vegas was a run and gun type of offense and really fit the way I wanted to play. And, and the other part was it was close to home. The only thing I didn't get a chance to do, I tried really hard is I wanted to take a trip to Hawaii. 
<laughs> you know, because I, I tried to act like I would come, but they figured it out and canceled my trip. You should have had Shark, uh, Tark, uh, schedule a trip because that's one of the things. Oh, we did eventually. We twice. Yeah, no, we did. <laughs> no, we did eventually. Yeah, we definitely went over there. So it was a lot of fun though, but Vegas was perfect for me because it wasn't far from home. And, you know, obviously, you had Jackie Robinson. You, I don't know if you remember him. Played it, played it. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, Morningside. Robert Smith played at Morningside. Yeah. Big Lou Brown played at Verbum Day, and 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 play, he played at uh, in, in in Vegas. So we had four or five guys from LA on Vegas's team. So it really made me feel comfortable with the um, with the program. What's a good Tark story? Man, they were a good Tark story. There's so many. Right. If I tell you, if I have to kill you, if I tell you most of them. <laughs> well, well, Richard, yeah, that's what I was getting ready to bring up. And one of the recruiting ploys that Tark would have, do you remember Sugarloaf? Uh, stripper? Sugarloaf yeah. the stripper? Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I actually know a couple of them, but I don't know them personally, no. No, if you, if you got to know her, I guess maybe there's a different story there. You ought to tell me about it. <laughs> you know, you know, Man. you probably got to meet Donkey Lady too, but I don't know about that. Man, I ended up going to New Mexico, so I did not get to meet Shirley <laughs> in person. Well, hey, by the way, it, it ain't much difference at New Mexico. <laughs> okay. So, you know, there's a lot of things going on there too. Oh, Norm Ellenberger wanted to be in the bright lights, but he had to uh, uh, suffice. He had to survive in the Southwest. Yeah. So, Reggie, you have a great career in Vegas, and you get drafted. Did you get drafted by the Bulls, or was it the Kansas City Kings? No, Bulls no, or? from the Bulls. The, the Bulls. Bulls. I was, okay. I was, uh, I left my junior year, uh-huh. and uh, I was the ninth player drafted in the NBA. So, I would have been a present day lottery pick. Coop, do you ever think about the money these guys are making? I mean, it's does insane. it just? It, it just make it just like my stomach starts hurting every time I think about it. Well, my stomach hurts a little bit, but the only thing I'm satisfied about is that they would not be making this money un- unless the groundwork that we laid down in the '80s to for people to enjoy the game. And I always say this about Magic and Bird is that they changed the game of basketball. Yeah, those players coming in and they made it enjoyable to pass and and be part of a team. So. Uh, I get a little peed, but I'm I'm also yeah. happy because without our success, they wouldn't be making this money. Yeah, and I agree with you, and that's very admirable. But it's still bullshit. But we still <laughs> get the money. We still have the yeah, money. It's still bullshit. <laughs> so <laughs> let's call it what it Red, is. Let me ask you this: If you were in today's game, how much money do you think you'd be making? Oh, I'd be a full boat guy. Yeah, you know, I'd yeah. be Give a me max. The number. I'd be a max. I'd be a hundred million. I'd be a hundred million plus. Are you kidding me? A hundred million dollars, Reg. I, I don't, I'm not really sure, but, but I'd probably be somewhere you wouldn't be able to call me up on the phone. Instead of carrier pigeon to get yeah, to you. <laughs> listen, you gotta call my people so my people can call their people and then get to me that way. You know, it, it, it's, 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 uh, you know, it's, who, who knows? I, I, I do know this. When you're dealing with generational money, like these guys are dealing with. Yep. You know, our where we are in our age now, in our 60s, uh, we don't have a mindset of a 20-year-old. But the amount of things that we can do right now with that kind of money, when you think about your family, your family's family, your kids, you know, there's so many people that you could really help. And, and, and you know, if you can hang on to the, your money, which I think that a lot of guys, they make so much money, even when they make mistakes, they, they, they're, they're okay. 
Um, but uh, it's it's a blessing, and I and I truly believe that you know you are where you're supposed to be, and and having the opportunity to sit here and talk to you, you know, having the platforms that we have now, we can we can make jokes about it, but uh, it's all God's will, and and yeah. we're ble- we're blessed to have the careers that we've had. Yeah, for sure. So Red, you get with the Bulls. And what were the Bulls I, like in the, really, in the late seventies? It was an amazing thing. You played for five coaches. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you would bring you would bring that up. Uh, yeah. The yeah. Bulls weren't a really well-run organization until Michael no, Jordan got there, no, right? You, you, yeah, well, you used to live there, so you know. Uh, it, w- listen, I had five coaches. I had six coaches in five years. Wow. That's that's where my career started off. Um, you know, Arthur Wirtz was the owner of the team at the time, and, you know, he was a hockey guy. He, You know, our team, back in those days, we were a tax shelter. You know, that's, that's where, that's how he hid his money. That's what he did as, you know, right. We were a write-off. Um, and so it was run that way. And it, and it really showed in, in the box office. And obviously when Reinstorf took over and Michael came and, you know, it became a different story. I missed playing with Michael Jordan by 15 minutes, by the way. How about that one? That's crazy. Oh, all right, right? Tell that story. Well, you, you know, the, the, you, you, your trade deadline is in February. And at February at a certain time. And obviously I was going through, you know, problems with Kevin Lockery at that time and they wanted to trade me. Um, and it was 15 minutes before the deadline where they couldn't have traded me and they drafted Michael Jordan the next, next year in that draft. I could have been Paxton. I could have been Kerr, you know, I could have been any of those guys, you know, <laughs> I'll be sitting here with my hand, you know, rings. I'll be like Coop. I have like three or four rings. I'll be just like Coop. <laughs> sit back and sit back and talk stuff. But Reggie, Greg Hodges. It's like you said. Greg Hodges, yeah, you're right. It's like you said, though, you were put in the position because I think had you been with him, you wouldn't have been able to be the player you became. I mean, well, you, know, I, ask- you know, I don't know, Coop. You know, you've been a different listen, player. You've been a different player. Well, yeah. Listen. You know, you would have been different. And I, and I, you know, when you watch the, 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 the show that, that they did, the documentary that they did, um, what's it called? Um, the, the last the, dance, last, last dance. dance this summer, when you saw that, you know, I, I, and you know, I, I work on Sirius XM radio. So I do a lot of shows and, and there's always this conversation going on about that when it came out and how all the guys were griping and bitching about what, you know, they, they didn't get enough time. They didn't, they didn't get enough props from Michael. I'm like, shut up. Just, just hold your nose, close your mouth and, and just suffocate because that's exactly where your career would have been had you not played with Michael Jordan. So <laughs> shut up, you know, right. don't tell me about he didn't praise me enough. He didn't pat me on my back enough. What, 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 are you kidding me? <laughs> you could have lived with that, Reggie. Oh, come on, Coop. Listen, <laughs> listen. It, it it would have been a joy, actually. I tried, even in Sacramento, I tried after so many years of playing on, you know, a bunch of bad teams. Mm-hmm. I tried to get to a, a, a better team, and that's when they traded me to Atlanta, and I got to play with Doc and Dominique and Moses. And, and you know, we won 55 games that year, but that, that only lasted a year, and then I ended up in uh, Orlando. So uh, the only good thing about where I've been is, and this is the truth, I grew up a Laker fan. I grew up you know, in Inglewood, a mile and a half, two miles away from the forum. The Lakers team used to, back in the day, used to practice at Inglewood High School, so I used to see all those guys. I've been a Laker fan for a long time. And 
but my season was over early, so I always got to come home and watch you guys in the playoffs. <laughs> so it was, you know, and then I started working, doing television and stuff. So I got to come home, and then I got to be a part of the uh, kind of part of the the uh, the TV program. So it was good. <laughs> yeah. Funny, Reggie. Hey, we're at the point in my show where we call it Coop's Lightning Round. Rich, I'm gonna give you uh, six names, five, six names, and just tell me a little bit about that person, okay? Uh, Joe and Gavin Maloof. Uh, great guys, uh, a lot of fun. Um, I was with Joe and Gavin. You know, they supported me when I was at New Mexico State. They were, you know, part of our, our um, support group. I got to become the Sacramento Kings coach, but it was a bad year because they had started to lose their first, you know, few million dollars. And Joe Maloof got both his knees done. So he was, he was on meds, pretty heavy meds that year. Um, but great guys, great guys, uh, still friends today. I actually talked to their mom every now and then. She just got married, you know, a couple of years ago and, uh, we're still, we're still, uh, in, in contact. So really appreciate those guys. For the listeners, those are, those are two gentlemen that own the Sacramento Kings. Yeah, the okay. $6 burger guys. <laughs> Remember that commercial? Yeah. Stop it, Rich. Raymond you know, Lewis. the funny thing is, you know, I used to, I used to work when I, when, when the Palms Hotel was, was the hotel that they owned, which became the spot, right? I worked there for a year before I, when I was in between coaching and TV and all that stuff. Uh-huh. I was a, 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 you know, a, a, a casino host for a year over there. Wow. It was, it was a lot of fun. So you really use your talent, your looks, your handsome looks and the green well, eyes. No, hey, hey, Coop. Listen, it was a hell of a job. I had a house in Vegas. I, I never even went there. I had a suite in the hotel. And uh, my job was, you know, I handled all the celebrities that came in. So it was a blast. And, he, and, need, and you didn't need, run need, sugar need I say, no, no, she, <laughs> she, she wasn't allowed in our establishment. <laughs> okay, Reggie, next name, Raymond Lewis. Oh, come on. The best. Um. Before his time, you know, um, really is a great example of having enormous talent and not the attitude to go with it. You know, you, he had a, uh, uh, way before his time and really gave numbers to anybody who walked in the gym. I'll give you another name, the Bird Everett. Remember that? Ooh, remember their yes. battles back yes. in the day? The yeah. You want to see 45 and 50? Those two guys got together. That's what you were going to see. 45 and 50 points. It's, it was unbelievable. That's right. That's a good name, Reggie. Uh, Jerry Sloan, the late, great Jerry Sloan. Uh, my favorite, you know, um, Jerry coached me my second year. Uh, I learned a lot about basketball. I learned a lot about the principles that you could live by. Jerry was a tough, tough guy to deal with because he was Jerry Sloan my first year trying to coach after that he he started to you know find himself but i learned so many things about the way he handled people and he the law that he lived by and enough that it had even today when i'm coaching i still live by some of the rules that i learned with him just in the short period of time i was with him and ironically you know how it works coop as we got older uh and i had a chance to get to know jerry from a different level um, we became very much closer friends. You know, I ran autos when I was coaching. Uh, I ran his offense. I talked about his defense, you know, and, uh, you know, the only problem I ever had with Jerry's, he says, 
you know, I, I, we, he used to get on me about my defense, obviously. And I said, Jerry, let's, let's, let's just understand one thing. I'm never going to be able to play defense like you, <laughs> but you are never going to be able to score like me either. So, <laughs> so let, let's just, let's find a happy medium somewhere and let's live right there. <laughs> uh, Jerry Tarkanian. Uh, a chameleon, you know, Jerry, he was a, a person that he taught me that there's two types of coaches. One that, uh, has a system and makes his system, uh, work the players. And then the other coach creates a system for his players that he has. And he, he, that was something that I learned from him. I learned what hard work was all about. I learned what being in shape was all about. And you know, Jerry, Jerry Tarkane is a funny guy. You know, yeah. Jerry, he'll just talk to you. He'll start talking and yelling and screaming and tell you, just, just run out of breath. You know, he just run out of break. His lips would be moving and nothing coming out. It's like, it's like Roger Dangerfield. You know, unbelievable. But, uh, he was great one-liners. Um, you know, I'll never forget the, the, the one he told us. I'll never forget this one. He says, you guys, you guys are horrible. You're terrible. You're an embarrassment to the school. You're robbing the university. Next time you go pick up your checks, wear a mask. <laughs> <laughs> oh, y'all were getting paid in Vegas. I no. should have been there. I see. Yeah. yeah. Don't talk about breaking rules now. You know, if you live in a glass house, do not throw stones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Come on, New Mexico. Uh, Doc Rivers. Doc was a teammate. October 13th, birthday guys. Me and him, the same birthday. Paul Pierce, same birthday. No kidding. Uh, yeah, yeah. We used to, I actually... Uh, we used to race back in the day. We used to race who called each other first, uh, on their birthdays, just to just everything was about competition. You know how that is. Um, Doc and I, you know, crossed paths on, on a number of occasions. Doc used to ask me for my tennis shoes after games when I played for the Bulls. Now I'm trying to get a job from him. How, you know, that's ironic, right? That's how things work. <laughs> you know, <laughs> never burn bridges, man. That's, that's all I can tell you. Never know who's going to be able to give you a job one day. Who's the better golfer? Uh, you know, I've, I've actually tried to get Doc out on the course many times and he kind of ducked me. But the last time I remember, he was a, a 10, a nine or a 10. And that's kind of where I am too. So we're probably pretty much pretty close to the same. Michael Jordan. The goat, you know, um, when you play Michael Jordan, the night before you got to play Michael Jordan, you don't sleep too well. Amen. Yeah, you didn't sleep too well because I always say the difference between Michael Jordan and other great players, you know, put magic in that group, Larry Bird, you know, you can go on and on. Kareem, I mean, there's so many guys that, that are in that group. The difference with Michael Jordan is Michael would embarrass you. If you slipped up, he would embarrass you because, you know, he had the swag. He's got the, 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 the long, the shorts, you know, the, you know, the, and he stick his tongue out and he dunk on everybody. And then your teammates will be pissed off at you the whole time. But, um, uh, Michael Jordan is his tenacity. And, you know, you've, you've seen up close guys with tenacity. You know, we play with even Magic Johnson after we retired and he was still a bulldozer. Yeah. You know, you, you were around Kobe, all those guys on that level with, with that type of persona, they're all bulldozers. That's why I would say you can't, if you play with a guy like that, you have to accept and, and respect and, ex, you know, and think about 
this is who they are. And this is why they're who they are. And you, all you're doing is you're along for the ride. So do your job, you know. Last but not least, uh, Joe Weekly. And before you answer, let me tell wow. the listeners out there, Joe was a local hero who coached over at Crenshaw High School, but he helped uh, a lot of us when we were young, young men playing basketball at the Joe Weekly tournament uh, become something in basketball as well as young people in our community. Your thoughts, Reggie? Well, all the guys in your podcast that you've named from our era and before went through Joe Weekly's league. You go to play in the Joe Weekly league? Yes. Everybody played. And Joe was someone that you could count on, a mentor to everybody, um, somebody that you that you knew was going to, going to have your back. And if you needed something, if you needed a conversation, if you got in trouble, Joe Weekly would always be there for you. But he really gave us the ability and the avenue to play because we had to have gyms that were that stayed open and places to go, or we never would have developed into the players that we are, were, actually. I mean, you probably still play, though. I don't know. Reggie, please. My, I just had a hip replacement. I don't oh, do no really? playing, man. Yeah, I got a new <laughs> knee. I got a new knee. I got a new knee last year, so I'm good. <laughs> yeah, I'm, a, I'm all I'm bionic now, boy. So, listen, you listen to the Showtime with Coop. We got Reggie Theus here. A couple more questions, Reggie, for you, and I'm going to let you go because I know you're a busy man. It's too late to play golf, so I know you got family duties to do. Uh, <laughs> Reggie, what do you think of, and we talked about this a little bit now, today's NBA? Yeah, today's NBA is different, Coop. It's, it's, it's difficult. Uh, analytics has changed everything. Um, analytics is great, um, but I don't need analytics to tell me what my eyes already can see. <laughs> You know, uh, I like analytics because it gives you numbers to back up what you're talking about because you can always go to the book. You can always go to numbers and you can spew out numbers and facts that go along with the conversation that you're trying to have with any of your players. Uh, you as a coach, me as a coach and, and just in general. Um, defensively, I, I think that t- today's, I don't like the way they play defense. I don't yeah. like all the switching bigs, you know, Think about it for a second. If a center tried to guard you, I would get, there's no way a center can guard me. You know, I get a good shot off of them every single time. But when they took the physicality out of the game, uh, they, they took away a lot of, they took away a lot of, um, competitiveness that was the physical, the physical part and the physical competitiveness of the game. Uh, I don't understand why there's no more post up players. Uh, I can't understand that we we averaged over a hundred points a game back in the day, uh, and they say no more mid range shots. Everything is a, a layup or a three, and you know it's just a weird it's a weird sense. But I, I'll tell you this, Mike, that there's a, a a whole two generations of players of of kids, I should say, that have grown up and don't know what old school basketball is all about. Have yeah. no concept, no understanding. All the guys you've named, these kids today have never seen play. So they're growing up understanding that the game is played the way they see it today. So it's accepted. And the NBA is thriving. Billions of dollars yeah. uh, on the table. So no one's trying to hear about what we should do because it's made for TV. And, uh, you know, all I can say is the athletes are, are – are much better athletes than we were, but we were way more skilled than they yeah, are. 
I agree with that. Uh, Reggie, you know what? I, I forgot to talk about this. Your coaching resume is very impressive, kind of like along the lines of mine where you coached in college, you uh, coached in the pros, you coached in the D League, which is now the G League. Yeah. And uh, we have the luxury of uh, coaching in the Big Three together. How about that? Uh, <laughs> That's a <laughs> – Hey Coop, I always say that the coaching in the big three is is, is like just being Mr. <laughs> personality. <laughs> you get to sit back and say a few things here and there and just try to stay out of the way. All right. But it's a it's a great gig though. You're froze, Coop. Co- you're Coop, froze. You're, you're froze. Did I lose y'all? No, no you're, you're frozen. We're still here. I got tornado sirens going off here, guys. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you so much, Reggie. I appreciate it, man. It was uh, it was great talking to you and um Coop said he'll call you too, so I thank okay. you very much. Anytime, man. If anything else comes up you want to talk, just just holler. Thank you. Appreciate that very much. Okay. Well. Have an open invitation. All right, Reggie. Be well, man. We'll take right. care. So seriously, anything, anything comes up, let me know. Thank you. We'll do.